Happy Sunday, church. Um, today, uh, the reading will be from Philippians 4, 2 through 3. Um, that's Philippians 4, 2 through 3. I plead with Utica and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, who na whose names are in the book of life. That's Philippians 4, 2 through 3. God bless the reading of his word. Sophia, thank you so much for doing our reading today. It's great to have you back here singing, and man, I, I love it. You sing and dance at the same time. It's just so beautiful. Sophia, thanks. Thanks. Would you join me now as we pray and ask God's Spirit to speak to us? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are the author and perfecter of our faith who endured. You tell us to fix our eyes on you. Lord, help us to do that this morning. There's so many things that are causing our eyes to be distracted from being fixed on you. So many things that are distracting us from having our thoughts and our minds fixed on you. Lord, we want to fix our eyes on you because you are the author, you are the perfecter, the completer, the purifier of our faith. And Lord, we want our faith to grow. We want our faith to be perfected. And so we look to you, and Lord, as we look into your word, may we see you. As we have communion today, may we see you. Lord, we need to be refreshed. We need to be encouraged. May our time with you today be like a mental vacation. May it be a spiritual high. May it bring relief to mental stress. May it relax our bodies. Lord, we need a, a full makeover through the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit today, and we ask for that, Lord. Lord, may we sense your presence. May we feel you here with us. May we experience your calmness and your peace upon us. Lord, we bring to you our concerns, our needs, our hopes, our dreams, our fears. We give all to you, Lord Jesus. Minister to us now through your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you. And Lord, while we're talking to you, we'd like to pray for our world, for our nations, for our families, our neighbors, our friends in this fallen world, Lord. Help us, Lord. We need you. In your beautiful name we pray. Amen. COVID-19 has put an incredible amount of stress on our economy, on our health, on our families, on our relationships with friends, and even our relationship with, with the Lord. And our relationships are being strained and stretched like, like a rubber band pulled tight. And, and just when you thought that rubber band couldn't be pulled any tighter, 
suddenly a political organization that was formed back in 2014 with certain agendas has certainly, has now found itself popular in America, has caused people to start talking about various issues and cause further stress. And that political group that I'm mentioning is called Black Lives Matter. It's gotten our attention and has caused dissension in our nation and among families and churches and individuals. And by me just mentioning these two topics, COVID-19 and the Black Lives Matter political group and its movement, I've probably caused even more emotion in your life. And you might wonder where I stand on these issues of COVID or the issues of Black Lives Matter. And I'll tell you, I stand firmly with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't know where he stands, well, ask him. <laughs> My point of bringing up COVID-19 and the movement Black Lives Matter is not just to stir up your emotions, but is to point out that our emotions are being used right now by the devil to cause disunity, to destroy relationships. Friendships are being damaged, and I've watched that happen in conversation among friends. Families are arguing and even be torn apart over issues that are going on today. And the very fabric of our society is being destroyed, not through the destruction of buildings, and statues, but through the destruction of relationships. As we continue in our series in the book of Philippians entitled Letters from Quarantine, we come today to a message that I call Healing Damaged Relationships, and it comes from the very next passage of Scripture that we are scheduled to look at today in Philippians chapter 4, verse 2. A damaged relationship that needed healing. Follow along as I read Philippians 4, 2. The Apostle Paul writing to some women in the church in Philippi says, I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to live in harmony in the Lord. I find it interesting that the main thing that history records about these two women, for all of us to know, including their names, is that they didn't get along with one another. <laughs> That's their reputation, that they had issues, that they had a relationship problem. And the relationship problem was bad enough that the Apostle Paul calls them out by name and tells them, you need to fix this. We know it was a relational issue and not a doctrinal one because when the Apostle Paul wants to point out doctrinal issues, he names them. He says what the doctrinal issue is. He's not afraid to do this. No, this one is personal. There is apparently some personal issue going on with these two women who apparently were prominent members of the church. Women, everyone knew. In verse 3, it goes on to say, indeed, true comrade. That phrase, true comrade, could actually be someone's name or it could be a person whose name we don't know. I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel. So these women have shared with Paul. They've been in the ministry with Paul. 
together with Clement also, they work with Clement, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are written in the book of life. These two women apparently were in the ministry with Paul in the church. They were well known, and their conflict is so severe, their relational conflict so severe that they can't work it out by themselves. So Paul says, get a wise counselor. Get a third party to help you resolve your relationship issue. You know, it's not a sign of spiritual immaturity that you need help in a relationship or that you might need a third person to solve an issue. It's actually a sign of spiritual maturity when you realize you need a counselor. You need help in a relationship. Maybe it's with another person or with the Lord. And the Apostle Paul asks, true comrade. And that phrase in the Greek, this word zizaga, could be a name. It could be someone's name. And his name just means true comrade. That's what I think. I think it's a person's name, and his name means true comrade or true companion. And so sometimes it's translated that, not as a name, but as a translation of the name in the text. But the point is, they needed help in their relationship. Now, I'd like to share with you a bit of practical wisdom that I've gained over the years, practical advice, and that's this. There's an outline, by the way, that you can download online if you haven't done that or if you have done that. Um, now's a good time to pull it out. Some practical advice. The root of all relationship problems. Do you know what that is? The root of all relationship problems is personal. It's personal. Now, as simple or as obvious as that might sound, think about it for a moment. It's foundational to understand it. People are what make relationships difficult. People, not facts, not fictions, not factions. It's people that make relationships difficult. Not money, not COVID-19, not doctrinal or political or moral differences, but people. Let me demonstrate it. Think about it. When people who have totally opposite political views, one is very conservative, one is very liberal, and they get married, and they love each other, and they raise a beautiful family together, and they're able to do it, even though they have opposite political views. Because a political view is not the problem. The problem would be personal if they had a problem. Or I've seen examples where elderly parents who are very concerned about the COVID-19 virus have sheltered in place and are still sheltered in place. They haven't gone out. They're having their younger children, adult children, go out and buy them food and bring it to the house, maybe dropping it off. And those children may have a totally different view on how serious the COVID pandemic is and yet, even though they have different views on COVID, they love each other, and they have a beautiful, supporting relationship. The root of all relationship problems is personal. It's not the issue. So don't confuse the issue with the person. Don't confuse the issue with the person. A person is no less valuable because they disagree with you. Let me say that again. A person is no less valuable because they disagree with you. 
And if you treat them in a disagreeable manner, that's dishonoring who they are as a person. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, Jesus has an encounter with one of the Jewish scribes. I'd like to mention to you, in case you don't know, that in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word scribe is the plural word sofarim. And sofarim means people who know how to write. And so the scribes were people who were educated, who knew how to write, and their job was to record the proceedings of royal officials and their proceedings but they also copied the Old Testament scriptures. They'd handwrite them and copy them very carefully. And the art of writing was something that was known only to the educated. And so the scribe was considered a wise man because he could write. Now later, during the time of Ezra, who was a scribe, the, the scribes also became those, because they were educated, who would read the Old Testament scriptures, interpret them, and explain them to the Jewish people. And in Jesus' day, the main purpose of the Jewish scribe was to teach the Torah, the Jewish law, to the Jewish masses, especially to the young. So in Mark chapter 12, 28, one of these scribes, whose job it is to teach the Torah, approaches Jesus. And he's an excellent, he's an expert in the Jewish law, and he challenges Jesus with a question in Mark 12, 28. Verse 28, and one of the scribes came and heard them arguing and recognized that he, Jesus, had answered them well, ask him, in other words, ask Jesus, what commandment is the foremost of all? Now, this is a test. He wants to know how well Jesus knows the Torah, which is kind of ironic since Jesus wrote it. But he wants to know, what's the foremost commandment? Well, Jesus answered, and he answers, first of all, by giving what the Jews called the Shema, something that they recited every day. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That's the Shema from the Hebrew word, which means hear. Hear, or Shema, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And then Jesus adds, the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And Jesus shows the two go together, that you can't love God correctly unless you are loving your neighbor correctly, and you can't love your neighbor correctly unless you're loving God correctly. And it's somewhat humorous to us who know who Jesus is, that when the scribe hears Jesus' answer, he gives him a perfect grade on his oral exam. <laughs> and the scribe says, verse 32, to Jesus, you got it right. <laughs> right, teacher. You have truly stated that he is one, and there is no one else besides him, and to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength, and to love your neighbor as himself. Now, the part of the story I want us to focus on here is this, 
Jesus says that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus does not say, make sure your neighbor agrees with you. And I don't know where we got it so twisted that in our conversations, we think the main thing is to get people to agree with us. And Jesus says the main thing is not to get people to agree with you. The main thing is to love them like you want to be loved. Imagine if we remembered that. And the devil has clearly gotten into our heads and gotten into the world and convinced us that it's more important to get people to agree with us than it is for us to love them. Now, I'm not saying you abandon the truth. I'm not saying you give up on the things that are true or right. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying you are to love. Hold the truth, but don't jam the truth down the throat of someone else. Love them. The devil has gotten you, gotten me, the world, to no longer see a person when we're talking to them. Instead, we see a position. We don't see a person who needs to be loved. We see a position. What position do you take on Black Lives Matter? What position do you take on same-sex marriage or gay rights? What position do you take on COVID-19 and opening the church or closing the church or opening businesses or closing businesses or wearing a mask or not wearing a mask? What position do you take on President Trump or Nancy Pelosi or the Democratic Party or the Republican Party or no party? When the Apostle Paul deals with these two women, Yodia and Syntyche, he doesn't even mention the issue that they disagree on. Did you notice that? We don't even know what they were fighting about. Because Paul's not concerned with their positions on an issue. He's concerned with them as persons. It would be better when we got together with people to ask them, how are you doing? How are you feeling? How are you making it through these difficult times? Rather than ask them, what's your position on this? Apostle Paul did not confuse the person with the issue or the position they held. And that's why we know the names of these two ladies, but we don't know the issue that they were fighting over. Well, not only is the root of all relationship problems personal, but I would suggest that the personal problem is the same in every situation. Now, you might think of something that doesn't fit this, and if you do, you're happy to let me know. But it would seem that when we have an issue with people, and it's personal, the problem, which is pervasive and ubiquitous, is always the same. Here's the problem. If you're looking at your notes, you can write in the blanks here. The problem is that I want you to be me. And what's even worse, you want me to be you. I want you to be me and you want me to be you. The reason we argue with people about COVID-19 and how serious or not it is is because we want the other person to believe exactly like us. 
and we might even let them know they're stupid or foolish or ignorant or misled if they don't believe like we do. The reason you argue about social injustice, both real and perceived, is that you want others to see it exactly like you do and to agree with your position. The reason you criticize your son or daughter or husband or wife is because, to quote you, you're doing it the wrong way. That's not how you do that. Give me that. Let me show you how to cook bacon or, or fold the laundry or mow the grass or wash the car or wear a face mask, whatever it is. We want people to do it the way we do. Think about it. It's been a problem ever since Satan and Adam and Eve. They want to do it their way. And by wanting to do it your way and wanting people to do it your way, you're basically saying, I'm God and you're not. And that was the sin of Satan and the sin of Adam and Eve, and that's the sin that you and I commit when we say, I want you to be me. And when you say, you want me to be you. And that just ain't going to happen. Did you notice the advice that the Apostle Paul gives these two feuding women? He says, I urge, Yodia, and then he repeats the verb, to know, so we know he's urging both of them, and I urge Syntyche, and here's what he wants them to do, to live in harmony in the Lord. I looked up the definition of harmony, and one definition is this. Harmony is the pleasant, I like that, the pleasant combination of different notes, not the same notes, different notes, of music played at the same time. Different notes, same time, pleasant combination. You see, the Apostle Paul isn't telling these ladies to play the same notes. That would make music and life boring. If all of us were exactly like you, life would be terribly boring. And if life was, everyone was like me in life, same thing. The Apostle Paul is not calling these women to play the same notes. He's saying play the same song, and that is in the Lord. That's the song. You see, if you're living for the Lord, and I'm living for the Lord, how I live for the Lord can be different how you live for the Lord, but we are in harmony because we're singing the same song. We don't have to agree on everything to be living for the Lord. We don't have to believe the same way to be living for the Lord. We live in harmony together. So putting together what Jesus said about loving your neighbor with what the Apostle Paul says about Yodia and Syntyche singing the Lord's song, not their own, we come up with a solution to the problem. The problem, as I mentioned, is that I want you to be me and you want me to be you. And here's the solution. And if for some reason you've gotten distracted, please come back and listen to the solution because this is what you need to remember for sure and take home. The solution is this. Live out your Christian character before you speak out your Christian position. 
Live out your Christian character before you share your Christian position. Or to put it another way, you've heard this before, people don't care what you know until they know what you, that you care. They want to know that you care for them. That's the most important. And to be honest with you, most people probably don't really care what you think. <laughs> but they really care that you care about them. So let's focus on loving our neighbors as ourselves, regardless of their positions on any issue of life. Uh, and this week, let's make sure to stay connected. Uh, we have Instagram, Facebook, uh, at Kailua Community Church, but also let's make sure that we're connecting in person when we're able to in small groups. But now, my brothers and sisters, would you receive this benediction from First Peter? Chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. Above all, love one another deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling, and each use the gift that you have received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. We love you so much, church, and happy Sunday. Aloha.